Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Overcoming is, is so much better than being overcome, right? Being a victor, so much better than being a victim. We are not the conquered we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and has done everything for us. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with. Come on into the class. We've saved a seat for you right up front and close. And uh, let's release faith in prayer that we will get exactly what we should get today. Father, we ask you, all of us ask you and agree together as touching this for the anointing, for utterance, for direction and help exactly what you know is the most pertinent, most timely, most needed. Uh, give us eyes and ears and hearts to see, hear, and receive. Uh, thank you for guiding us with your spirit and feeding us with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would look in the scripture again to uh, uh, Matthew, the ninth chapter, Matthew chapter 9, we've been on a study now for a, a couple of weeks now on what we're calling faith for healing. We studied faith in the 11th chapter of Hebrews for uh, weeks and weeks, uh, just talking about faith, and now we're into faith for specific areas, and this is faith for healing. And how do you get faith for healing? Well, faith comes by hearing, and faith for healing comes by hearing about healing, hearing what God said about healing. And we saw in Matthew 9 that um, the woman with the issue of blood, Matthew 9, 22, when she was healed, Jesus told her, your faith has made you whole. We've been talking about realizing that faith hasn't changed, and if her faith would make her whole, why wouldn't our faith make us whole? And it will. So said out loud, her faith, her faith made, her whole. made her whole. My faith, My faith will, make me whole. will make me whole. Hallelujah. That makes your spirit happy just saying that. Can, can you tell that? So you don't have to wait till the next class to say that again. Say it when it comes up to you. And so we looked at, uh, there are about 20 individual cases of healing in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that are recorded. And so we're taking each one and looking at them individually. We looked at the healing of the leper, uh, and we learned a great truth from that, where that he, the leper said, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. And that's how much of the church is praying today. And Jesus immediately responded and said, I will. Be clean. Hallelujah. And he was. And if you accept the word, you accept Jesus' words, you should let that question of is it his will be settled. Yeah. 
because he's no respecter of persons and he never changes. It is his will that you be healed. Now, if you're still questioning that, then you cannot have faith to be healed as long as you question his will about healing. Because uh, faith is being persuaded. Faith is being convinced. And you can't be convinced that you're receiving something that you're not sure God's will for you to even to have. So you got to get that question settled. So if you weren't here with us for that, go back, feed on that. Go online, look it up. It won't cost you anything, no charge. But let's continue on today studying our second healing account, the healing of Peter's wife's mother. Matthew 8 and verse 14. Let's look at it again. Matthew 8, when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered to them. And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with his word. Now notice that phrase, with his word. It tells us what he did, and then it tells us how he did it. Right? Everybody say, with his word. And he healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That's a quote from Isaiah 53, which also said, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was on him, and it talks about by his stripes we're healed. So not only did Jesus take our sins and transgressions and the chastisement of our peace, but in the same passage, same passage, it says he took our sicknesses. He took our weaknesses. Said out loud, he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. And by his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. Just like, you know, by him going to the cross, your sins are paid for. By him going to the scourging post, uh, your sickness is taken care of. Hmm? Do you believe it? Yes. Not everybody does, but it's what the Bible says. In Mark, the first chapter and the 29th verse, let's read Mark's account of this same Healing. Mark 1.29, forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. Now Matthew just said that he touched her hand. And then Mark added that he actually took her by the hand. Well, you can't take somebody by the hand without touching their hand, right? But also adds that he lifted her up. He, he pulled her up. And you'll see in just a moment in Luke, Luke says something that neither of those two said. He said that he rebuked the fever. That when he touched her hand, took her by the hand, lifted her up, he said something too. And so that's why you should read all three to get the fuller picture. Uh, immediately the fever left her and she ministered to them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with demons. 
And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers or different diseases and cast out many demons and suffered not the demons to speak because they knew him. Go to Luke, the fourth chapter, please. Luke chapter 4 and 38. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. So we saw from the Amplified and from the Weish translation, and uh, Mark's account in the Amplified, that she had been suffering in the grip of a burning fever, had been afflicted for some time with a chronic fever, a severe one. So she's not just running a few degrees of temperature. She is uh, perhaps delirious, incoherent, uh, almost comatose with, with this. She's about to die. And uh, it said they besought him, Jesus, for her. So this is prayer. This is intercession, if you will. This is going to the Lord on someone else's behalf. And uh, there are a couple of things. Well, how, how could they do that? Well, one, she's not able to do it for herself. Can you see that? And then uh, two, she's part of the family. <laughs> and they have, uh, uh, because of their commitment to the Lord, and I'm, I'm supposing she was agreeable to this if she had been conscious and aware. Uh, that's a factor too. But anyway, it was a situation that Jesus could work with. And when they asked him, Lord, you know, maybe they called her name. My wife's mother is back here. She's, uh, she's out of it and she's really sick. We're concerned about her. Would you minister to her? And the Lord immediately... Went right to her. Hallelujah. You know, every time that you see people asking the Lord, uh, you know, like the leper, I know you can. If you will, I will, he said. And uh, you never see the Lord say, I won't, or I can't, or it's not the will of God, or it's not time. You never, everybody say never. You never see him respond that way, not once. Now, if that's the case, how has the church built such huge doctrines on it might not be his will or it might not be time when you don't have one, not one example of it in Jesus' ministry? It's because man's trying to explain things that they don't understand. Should we stay with the word? no matter what we understand or don't understand. Uh, people say, well, you know, if it was God's will for them to be healed, they'd be healed. Really? Then why won't we say, if it's God's will for people to be saved, they'll be saved? Huh? No, see, that's wrong thinking. God's will doesn't change. Whether people receive it or whether they don't, it's still His will is unchanged. It's God's will for everybody to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. Are people perishing? It's terribly so. Sadly so. Why? Because he doesn't control people's wills and he doesn't force people to receive. 
Even though grace has provided forgiveness, cleansing, righteousness, healing, all of these things, God doesn't receive it for us. Grace gives it to us, but grace doesn't receive it for us. Only faith. <laughs> right? That's why we're not having grace school. <laughs> well, what would be wrong with that? Because grace is God's part. We don't need school to help God with his part. <laughs> God doesn't need our help <laughs> with his part. Huh? Grace is what God has done. Grace is all that God has given to us so freely, so unmerited, undeserved. But what has been so freely given must be received. Right? People are not going to be saved unless they receive. Right? What God has provided. You've got to receive the forgiveness. You've got to receive the cleansing. You've got to receive the righteousness. Well, people that don't even believe it's God's will for them to be healed, are they going to receive healing? No. And so it's not that it's not God's will for them to be healed. It's just that they're not convinced. They have no faith to receive because they hadn't heard it or they've heard things preached against it. But you and I are not going to feed on all of that. We're feeding on this. Is that right? And what we see in these accounts is people being healed. Is that right? Left and right. And nobody is saying it's not God's will. In any of these accounts, you won't find a one where wait a while, might not be his will, just never know. You won't find any of that. But we will find where somebody said, Lord, would you minister to her? Go straight to her. Right? Yes, Takes her by the hand and starts pulling her up and says, uh, speaks to the fever and rebukes the fever. Now this is revelation, isn't it? Are you looking at the text here? It said that uh, he, verse uh, 38, when they besought him for her, he stood over her and rebuked the fever. Said out loud, he rebuked the fever. He rebuked the fever. We need mind renewal. Uh, one of the greatest things you could understand is that there's another dimension called spirit that is unseen. This is what a lot of the uh, proponents of evolution and the Big Bang and a bunch of things that, that try to leave God out of everything and act like God doesn't exist, they are willingly ignorant that there's another dimension. Spirit. God is spirit. Angels are spirits. You are a spirit. You are. And, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be a, a physicist or, uh, or study the cosmos to realize that uh, there are things that are very real that you can't touch or see, like thought, consciousness, right? Yes. Consciousness is more than chemical synapses in your brain. Mm -hmm. People, some people have said, you know, I'm talking about the brain, and they go, 
Isn't it, isn't it incredible that just a couple of pounds of gray matter like this, all of the art and the beauty and the music and, and the literature has come out of this little mass of flesh. It did not. It did not. Did not. <laughs> your brain is not your mind. Your brain is just simply the physical organ. Your mind expresses itself in this realm through. You're a spirit. You have a mind. That's not physical. And when you die, you'll slip out of your body like a hand slips out of a glove. But you'll still be you. And you'll still exist. This, the Bible calls this our house, our tabernacle. And the Bible calls it temporary. You know, the things, the scripture said in 2 Corinthians 4.18, we look not at the things that are seen but at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Are there things that are real, but they're unseen? Why am I talking about this? What, why did Jesus speak to the fever? <laughs> right? Uh, that most church-going people don't even think like this. If, if most church-going people, if they said, man, I, I was running a high fever today, or, uh, and they're telling, telling a believer friend, is it the normal thing for the friend to say, well, did you speak to it? Did I what? Did you speak to that fever? <laughs> people say, well, that's Jesus. Well, do you have a better example to follow? Than Jesus. He is doing this as a man. We've already talked about that last week. We'll look at it some more, but he's not doing this as God. He's showing us how to function, how to operate. We saw in John 14, 12, Jesus said, If you believe on me, the works that I do, you'll do also, and greater works than these do shall you do, because I go to my Father. And the very next verse, he said, Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Now, we brought out that word ask in the same King James Bible is translated require. Or, as the NIV puts it, demand. And you have to look at the context because the, the, the words that are translated demand, some of them in the King James, are also translated ask. <laughs> so, uh, it's one of those Greek words that has a twofold meaning that doesn't completely translate that well in English. So you've got to look at the context to see whether it means request or require, ask or demand. And here, and in fact, just turn over there and look at it again, John 14. Here, I think it's obvious which one it should be. John 14 and 12. What did Jesus do with this fever? Hmm? He rebuked it. Is this prayer? Is he praying to the Father? Asking the Father to heal her? I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's not what he did. And there, are, there, are time, there have been many times Christians have been praying and pleading when they shouldn't have been. They should have been speaking to the problem. 
like the Lord told us to and directed us to. He's speaking to a fever. I know years ago I, I, I was reading this again. I got to that part. And uh, it said Jesus rebuked the fever. And it just it hit me. I thought, now hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not talking to the father about this. He's talking to a fever. And then I had a question, can a fever hear? Can fevers hear? And I read the next phrase, it said, and it left her. I thought, yep, yeah, fevers, right? Why would it leave, <laughs> right? Because it heard him and it obeyed him. And then I thought, well, now hold on. If fevers can hear, what else can hear? Can headaches hear? Stomach problems hear? Can cancer hear? Can tumors hear, right? Can kidneys hear? But see, that's, that takes mind renewal, and what you're, what you're getting into now is the reality of unseen things. What Jesus was dealing with is not just the symptoms. He's dealing with the cause, and not just the physical cause. He's dealing with the cause behind the cause. Can you see this? He's dealing with the unseen spiritual origin that's caused the problem, that's caused the fever, that made her delirious. Jesus is not wasting time with superficial systems. I mean symptoms, superficial symptoms. He is going to the core. Is that right? And rebuked the fever. And that cut off the thing that was causing the problem that was causing the fever. So as soon as that was cut off, the fever just went down. She's fine. She gets up. Hallelujah. And it's good to go. <laughs> good to work. Good to minister to them. How many times, class, we have been dealing with the symptoms instead of the cause. Can you see that? Chasing and dealing with the surface, uh, the, the leaves instead of the root, huh? The, the effect instead of the cause. And in order to deal with the cause, you got to go beyond the physical. You got to deal with the unseen, the spiritual. These forces are real, whether people believe in them or not, they're real. And yet, when you, when you say that, people go, well, okay, okay, you know, but, but Jesus, he did that. You're not Jesus. Yeah, I already knew that. Uh, but, but he is my example, and he's yours too. And, and he said right here, John 14, 12, he said right here, verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, do you believe on him, class? I want to yes. see a hand. I want to see a, who believes. Oh, I'm looking in the camera too. I, who believes on him? Then he's he talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He that believes on me. This goes beyond the 12, beyond the 70, beyond Peter, James, and John, and Paul. I believe on him. So this applies to me. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. 
and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Is he telling us we can do the works he did? Well, that's what we're reading. What, What work did he do on this day at Peter's house? These are the works of Jesus. He taught, he preached, he healed, he delivered. Yeah, but how did he do it? Okay, first of all, you got to believe, okay, if he said I can do what he did, then I can do what he did. Most of the church doesn't believe that. Do you decide to believe it today? Yes. Say it out loud. I can do the works of Christ. The works he did. We can do. But then the very next phrase, very next verse, tells you how to do it. That's verse 12. Verse 13, what does it say? And, you see it's connected, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, he is not talking about prayer. Why would you say that, Brother Keith? Because just a couple of chapters later, chapter 16 He is talking about prayer. He said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. But whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but ask that your joy may be full. Asking something of the Father in Jesus' name, that's prayer. He's not talking about that here. And it helps when you change the one word. Whatever you shall ask. Like I said, that same word. Don't just take my word for it now. If you've got any question about it, look it up in the concordance. Other places in the same King James Bible, that word's translated require. Or like the NIV said, demand. You could say it like this. Whatever you shall demand in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall demand anything in my name, I will do it. How did Jesus do the works he did? How did he do it? He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Huh? That's not a question. Right? Fever, get out of here. That's not a request. Right? He's not asking it to do anything. He's do- How did he do the works he did? Virtually all these 20 that you'll look at, there's some kind of phrase like that, some kind of command, some kind of demand, some kind of requirement. That's how he did it. And so how are we going to do it? The servant's not above his master. We'll have to do it exactly the way he did it. So what did he do with that fever? He rebuked it. So what must he have said? He must have addressed the fever. He's talking to the fever and he must have demanded Oh, somebody say demand. Demand. This is where we need to get stirred up. We need to get bold. You're not demanding God. God's not the fever. Right? You're not requiring demand, not being disrespectful of God. You're actually being respectful, doing what he told you to do, doing what he demonstrated for you to act. He said, fever, get out of here. And he took her by the hand, pulled her straight up. And I mean, just like that, the spiritual cause of that stopped and left the room, left the house. And when that happened, the fever just went down and she's fine. She's good. Can you say glory to God? And if he did it, 
you can do it in his name. Hallelujah. And time's up. Hallelujah. We'll see you again next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 